What's good, everybody? This is Bean, and we're here to showcase TKB Boxing. What's going on, man? It's your boy KG, man. We're back with another episodic episode of TKB Boxing, man. Y'all heard that we were supposed to be bringing in the third member of TKB, man, and, and here's our moment right now, man. Uh, hey, he's, he's here. He's here in the flesh, man. He's here in the flesh. What's going on, my peoples out there? This is Big Tone of TKB Boxing, the third member of the crew. And we got a lot to talk about today on today's podcast. And we're going to start out with the business side of boxing. I want, I want, to, I want to explain to a lot of people who don't understand the business side of what's going on as far as uh, pay-per-view sales, gate sales, each is each boxer's percentage, each boxer's uh, split in their uh, guaranteed purse. I want to start off with the uh, Terrence Crawford and uh, and Rose Spence uh, debacle, which has just fallen apart uh, in uh, the recent weeks. The reason why. The um, this is happening is because of the greed of uh, PBC and uh, Al Heyman. Social media has caused this to happen, and for one of probably the greatest fights ever in the history of boxing to take place. So, if you don't understand the numbers, I'm gonna give you an example. When a boxer has a split of 60-40. The, the main boxer of this of the main split gets more. And it's again it's called a guaranteed purse. Also, if another if the other boxer has a 40% uh split, he gets a guaranteed purse. But as in the case of Spence and Crawford, Al Heyman and the uh Spence's team will not let uh, Terrence Crawford see the books to guarantee him a split purse, I guarantee him a purse, excuse me, because he has no promoter. He's on his own. He's no longer with Bob Aram in top rank. So you can't really fault Terrence Crawford for moving on on his December 10th fight and signing with BL- BLK Promotions and pay-per-view to fight in his hometown. Now, Spence who's been calling for this fight, talking trap season this, I'm taking the WBO, I'm going to beat Spence, I'm, I'm going to beat Crawford's ass, this and that. But all of a sudden now you get cold feet. You offered this man a 60-40 split, but then the next minute you ask, you are offering 35%, in which Crawford accepted your terms but you dragged your feet, and now the November 19th fight is not happening. That y'all agreed upon for the fight. So like I'm, like I'm explaining to my colleagues here uh, at, TK, at TKB, um, the, our podcast, boxing is a, it's a business aspect. I, I want you as fans, and as fans, and my, again, my colleagues, ourselves, we are big boxing fanatics. And you guys as fans also have to realize it's not the boxers who are doing this, not making the fights. They want the fights. 
It's the promoters, such as Al Heyman of PBC, Bob Arum of Top Rank, Eddie Hearn of Matchroom and Zone, Frank Warren of, of Matchroom. It's these shady so-called promoters who are not letting these fights happen. You know, you, you arguing over what TV deals and who's going to, hey, I want to, I want the zone. I mean, if Showtime's going to show it, um, Tank and Garcia, I want, I want the zone to show it. Hey, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, Showtime has been around boxing for decades. The zone is just basically new to the game. And I'm going to let, um, and one of my colleagues, you know, chime in on here to say, like, uh, to, to talk about also the business aspect and the corruption on the business side of boxing. Yeah, so like uh, Big Bro was saying, uh, you got these different uh, entities, you know what I'm saying? You got uh, your Queensberry Promotions, Frank Warren and Bob Arum. And you know how Bob Arum going to do. We couldn't get the Anthony Joshua fight just because we had to deal with Eddie Hearn. And Eddie Hearn didn't want the fight, so we had to get Derek Chisora. You know, so you got all this camaraderie, all this turmoil or whatever. And the big deal about this area, see, Tom's a little older than me. Big Bill's older than me. But from what I've seen in the 90s era with Holyfield, Mike Tyson, and them guys is the best we're fighting the best. Uh, when I was a little kid, you had the Hagglers and the, the Sugar Ray Leonard's and the Tommy Hitman Hearns, and they all wanted to prove their dominance on being at the top. So you had all these four or five top guys, and they all fought each other. And right now, the top guys or dunking each other. And it's robbing the fans of what we want. We can't see the fights that we want to see. And and we're the ones that's paying for the fight, so why not give us what we want? We don't want to see Fury versus Chisora 3. The first fight, you beat Chisora on, uh, on decision. The second time, you stopped him. The third time, you're going to knock him out. It's going to look a lot like the Dillian White situation. Seven or eight rounds, Chisora, he'll do his, you know, he's, he's a brave heart. He's a soldier. He'll fight anybody, respects to Chisora. But the man is almost like 37, almost 38 now. And he, and in fighting years, he's every bit of 40. Truthfully, I think Luis Ortiz would beat Chisora. And, and Luis Ortiz is like 43. Because Chisora, he done had his, uh, his time, you know what I'm saying? He done had his day. So let these uh these fresh fighters and, and, and new faces fight each other. Danny Dubois should be facing off with uh, a rematch with Joe Joyce or Danny Dubois and AJ. Danny Dubois and Wilder. And I'm going to let my uh, cousin speak. Piggybacking off of what uh, my TK brothers, B brothers were saying, um, let me start by saying I'm a Floyd fan. I'm a Floyd fan. And like I was saying the other day, I blame him for a lot, even being a fan, because he goes off of a blueprint to where 
He goes undefeated his whole career. Now, every upcoming fighter does not want to lose their own. They don't. They don't want to lose their own for nothing. And I think it's bold because then that reciprocates in, in, in us losing the best fights that we can see. That's, that's what happens. And, you know, no one wins in the situation. The, the fighter doesn't win. We don't win as fans. And the, the sport of boxing doesn't win. That's what I truly feel. And, you know, piggybacking off of what Tom was saying, it, that's, guys, look, when it comes down to the promoters, I definitely, I definitely agree. We have so much backlash and war going on behind the scenes with promoters more than the actual fighters in the ring. We do. I mean, hey, Tom, man, just, just for example, man, we seen the whole Leonard Ellerby and Eddie Hearn saga. We seen that. Uh, oh man, we, you know, uh, we, we don't, uh, we don't know about the whole Tank and Ryan Garcia situation. Yes, y'all do. Y'all do. Y'all know good and well what's going on. Y'all just, you know, are at odds with one another. And once, once things start to become more, uh, transparent and once we start looking at it for what it is, then you can start understanding uh, the political side and like Tony said, the business side of boxing because it's a lot of emotions in this game of boxing, man. So my question to y'all is that do y'all ever feel like sometimes that the emotions of these big ego promoters sometimes spill off into the ring in a bad way though, like to where they're saying, like, no, I don't want to make that fight happen, even though it's good for the sport of boxing. But the album feel like that, like, you know, for the example, for the, the fight of Tank and uh, Garcia, which is supposed to be done from what I've heard. Sources say that it's done. All right. But how do y'all feel about some of these big fights uh, of the century, century, uh, as far as Crawford and, and Terrence, uh, uh, Earl Spence? Versus Crawford. How do you guys feel about that being canceled, man? I mean, because we're the ones suffering, right? We're the ones suffering, man. So, I, how, like, as a fan looking in, just like you said, because, oh, I mean, we've we been seeing some pretty good fights. I know I'm a little younger than you guys, but I came in at the, the tail end of Lennox Lewis versus Tyson. You know, I seen the lights of Roy Jones versus Antonio Tarver. You know, I seen, went back and watched the tour guy in Mickey Real Wars. I went back and watched those. Um, so just to see those fights happen and to go into today's, uh, a world of boxing, it's, it's just a little bit weird to, to see this. Cause these are, these guys are Spartans at the end of the day. To the point, to the point that, um, my brother Kendall was saying, is back in the day, and to all my old heads out there who grew up in the Sugar Ray Leonard days, Marvin Hagler, Roberto Duran, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard um, era, these guys never got on social media. So there wasn't even social media back in the day. These guys never got on there and said, oh, you know, we're, we're the, 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 fight me. You know, you're scared of me, this and that. These guys were warriors. These guys, the original four kings, 
fought each other at least twice. There was no, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Now, like I said, to all my old head boxers out, boxers out there, boxing fans, excuse me, y'all know what it's like to see these guys back in day. Like, especially on ABC Wide World of Sports, which is basically was the pay-per-view of, of back in the day. And today's boxing is so commercialized and so intermediate with, with the BS that goes on behind the scenes. A lot of boxing fans are getting frustrated and leaving to go over to the UFC. And also, I'm going to bring up a topic of uh, so-called these judges and, and referees. There's been a lot of questionable calls in boxing over the past five or ten years. A lot of robberies. Um, Jake Paul, you know, said some um, comments about um, Eddie Hearn and uh, a judge named Glenn Feldman, who was a few years ago um, under investigation for being paid off. And Eddie Hearn didn't take too kind of that. He sued um, Jake Paul in federal court for $100 million for a defamation. But if anyone's seen, and, you know, you can uh, check into our podcast, if anyone had seen the Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor, which was one of the biggest uh, fights outside of uh, Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall, had seen that, in my opinion, and my colleagues here at TKB, uh, um, Boxing Promotions, that Amanda Serrano took it to Katie Taylor, that she really dominated that fight. And to anyone who says that Katie Taylor, and I know her her British fans and her Irish fans are going to say different, say that Katie Taylor won that fight, you're delusional. Amanda Serrano is a legend in the game. And she took it to Katie Taylor. That's why Katie Taylor didn't want to uh, give her a media rematch because she knows she lost. You know, I was talking to some guys today earlier when I was at the gym working out about another robbery. This was back in the day. And what probably one of two of the biggest robberies I've seen was number one, when Jeff Horn beat Manny Pacquiao. That was one of the biggest boxing robberies in the history of the sport. And when Julio Chavez Jr. got, I mean, Sr. got a draw against Pernell Whitaker. We all know Pernell Whitaker ran away with that fight. So, to my boxing fans out there, you, and chime in, um, if you will, please, tell us what fight you think was one of the biggest boxing um, robberies in the history of, this, of the sport. So, I'm going to let my... Uh, my colleagues uh, talk about some more topics in boxing. Okay, so I'm going to piggyback off what Bro just said. Yeah, and, and speaking of Sweet Pea, Pernell Whitaker, I definitely feel like he was robbed when he fought Oscar De La Hoya. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's going to be a debatable one. It's always been a big debate, and I'm kind of like on the fence with Sugar Ray Leonard. I'm a huge fan, but I like Hagler just as much. 
Just like I have a passion for Mike Tyson and Holyfield. So when they fought back in the day, I couldn't pick a, I couldn't pick a side. I couldn't say, I want Holyfield to win. I want Mike Tyson to win because I was equally compelled and captivated by both of these guys. I mainly started off with Mike Tyson when I was like seven years old, when I was in the, uh, Lincoln Heights at my great uncle's house, rest in peace. And we saw him fight Michael Spinks. And since that day, I loved boxing from a seven-year-old kid to now, uh, almost 43. But um, I was just talking about what? Uh, Mike Tyson and Holyfield, yeah, and Hagler and uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. There's controversy on who won that fight. A lot of people, and I know Hagler felt, RIP, uh, soldier, he felt like he won that fight. What do you think, Tom, between the Hagler and Sugar Ray Leonard? Controversy of all these years. Oh, I got, I got to go with Hagler. I think it, it, I, Hagler was the better, more busier fighter because I went back and watched that fight also. He was the more busier fighter um, in that fight. He had Leonard hurt on several occasions, but again, it's, it's sometimes it's home cooking. Sometimes it's, I mean, it's poor judging, poor referee, a poor uh, refereeing. I mean, like I said, I've seen fights where guys have been knocked down three times in a fight and still end up winning um, a decision. Just in case in point, a few months ago, um, Flip Hairgrove and Zing Zing. Zing Zing won that fight clearly. He knocked him down. He beat dude to the punch. He had him hurt on several occasions. But they gave uh, Flip Hargrove the decision, which was, was one of the poorest decisions I've ever seen. So, like I said, it doesn't matter what you can do. Like, I've always been told, never leave it in the hands of the judges. Never. Either be him. If you, if you do, either be him, beat the brakes off of him, or knock his ass out, plain and simple. I'm going to turn it over to my brother, Kendall, now. You know, uh, just looking on just looking on Bleach Report, y'all, just randomly, and uh, it's a lot of news. Actually, coming out of Anderson Silva's camp right now, um, pretty interesting stuff. I don't know, man. Just, you know, y'all give me y'all thoughts on this. The Jake Paul and Anderson Silva fight is jeopardized after Spider gets knocked down sparring. Uh, officials in Arizona, and I'm, I'm, I'm quoting this from Bleacher Report. Officials in Arizona are re-examining Anderson Silva's fight with Jake Paul, which is scheduled for Saturday. After the UFC legend said he was knocked out twice during a sparring session. Silva told MMA Weekly, fighting Steven Morocco, he has been training with high-level boxers who haven't pulled any punches in the ring. One sparring partner knocked me out two times. Silver clarified the situation Wednesday, saying he wasn't knocked out, that the sparring session in question was in September. After seeing the reports and concern for me, I'd like to clarify two important things. One, I was never knocked out in sparring. I misspoke that in the interview, as I do sometimes, in interviewing in English, and exagger exaggerated the normal back-and-forth actions that occurs in sparring. 
Uh, second, this morning session I referenced was in early September. The interview with MMA Weekly was done on September 13th, and for some reason, just released this week, so it wasn't recent. I, well, I mean, that's, that's kind of fishy. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta say that. That's kind of fishy, man. I mean, the fight is Saturday, so why is this stuff coming out now? Exactly. Like, why, why? Why would this come out exactly now if that happened at the beginning of September? Like I said, this is a big fight for, I would say, for Jake Paul, honestly. Um, and I know we got a whole lot of Jake Paul fans out there. I know we got a whole lot of Logan uh, Paul fans out there. And you guys have heard me say this before. Do I have respect for them? Uh, for for training and you know working hard towards their goal and their dreams, yes, you can never hate on a person for that. Especially uh, someone who will step in the square circle, you uh, you always have to have respect for that. But uh, it, it gets a little tricky with the opponents that he starts to uh, starts to rack up on his resume. You know, as I look back at his resume in the boxing ring. It, it, it gets a little questionable. I, you know, me as a fan will say that. But uh, I guess what I'm saying is, I just want to get y'all thoughts on that, on the whole debacle of him getting knocked out twice. Is that is that a morale killer? Does that kill the boxer's spirit towards the fight? Is he, is these mind games being played, or is this is this just something simply that Silver should just say, hey? You know, we got to fight Saturday. I'm going to just knock it off and dirt off my shoulders. Well, uh, you took the words out of my mouth towards the end of what you just said. I personally feel like it could be a mind game. You know, Anderson Silva is no slouch to the game of MMA, and he's a good striker. Very fast, very deceptive, and a counterpuncher. You know, we've seen him knock out that guy on a trailer event. So, Anderson Silva is still armed and dangerous. But you don't, but you don't think by him uh, being who he is, I mean, because we've seen a lot of guys come in and out, Ben Askren, you know, we've seen even guys go over there from boxing, James Tony. Uh, we've, we've seen both of the worlds collide before, McGregor, but... We have to agree that Anderson Silva is a different type of guy because he's kick first and punch second, right? Anderson Silva, I'm not meaning to interrupt you, brother, not Kendall. Um, Anderson Silva has a boxing pedigree, y'all. He, um, we seen what he can do. One of the, the biggest upsets is when he beat Julio Chavez Jr. So we know he can box. That's no problem. We know Jake Paul... Kid is is decent in the boxing game, but he hasn't took on the talent that Anderson Silva has. Now, Anderson Silva fought a real boxer. Though may be washed up, Julio Chavez, but he fought a real boxer. Jake Paul has not fought a real boxer. Jake Paul is a lot of... What's the word I can find? Um... He's, he, to me, he's overhyped. He's he's not that good. He's a decent boxer, but he's not like, oh, you know, the the oh he 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 the man. He, he the man. He 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 cold. He cold with him. 
Nah, bro. It don't don't get the game twisted. Like I've been in the boxing game since I was ten. You know, I'm from I'm from a boxing city, Detroit, Michigan. I trained at legendary Crunk Gym, and I've seen monsters in the gym. Jake Paul is no monster, not at all. That's why he didn't want to fight Hasim Rodman Jr. because he knew Jr. could beat him because his father was famous. That's a famous boxer. So all you little Jake Paul and his brother Logan Paul fans, I'm going to bring y'all down to reality. Saturday night, I don't want to hear you crying about, about Jake when he get knocked out by Silver. Because he going he gonna make a he gonna make a mistake. And I think, in my opinion, Silver gonna knock him out. My brothers at TKB, what y'all think? Um, I'm backing you, man. I'm I'm definitely feeling like Silver is gonna uh He's going to be deceptive. You know what I'm saying? He got head movement. He got upper body movement. He's slippery. Uh, his, his physique will fool you because he looks like he's a uh, real slim and like, like he ain't got size on him. But you ain't got to have size. Deontay Wilder proves that. He's proved that how many times? You know what I'm saying? Uh, he looks like a basketball player, but Deontay Wilder has an atomic bomb in his right hand. Uh, and uh, he's going to shake up the uh, boxing world. Um, I got a lot of respect for Wilder. And, uh, we can go into that. We can talk about the fact that he, he came in the game late at the age of like 19. Uh, his daughter had spinal bifida, a condition. So kudos to him for doing what he's doing to provide and, and get the, the medications and the, the help that she's needing. Uh I didn't really necessarily start off being a Wilder fan only because I like boxers in certain styles. You see what I'm saying? I, I was used to Holyfield and Mike Tyson had a different style, of course. He was a knockout artist, but Mike Tyson would bob and weave, uh, cut the, uh, cut the ring off, go to the body. And I like to see people that mix it up, body, uppercuts, hooks, and stuff. Wilder was a, a, a different style than what I was used to. I really wasn't used to somebody that started off throwing haymakers and then he started to straighten that right up and, and get his man up out of there. But now I kind of see where he's going with what he does. And I can see where Malik Scott has pick, picked up the ball and, and, and went back to Wilder, as he said in interviews. Malik Scott was like, look, Wilder, there's a lot you were doing that you wasn't really like uh, doing repetitiously. So his muscle memory, you know, he's kind of like forgetting some of the things, but Malik is saying, Wilder used to do this. So what we saw his last fight was Malik Scott showing him that you actually, actually, you can fight off the back foot, you know, because even I was saying, oh, I don't know if he can. But he proved against Hellenius, he can knock you, knock you out off the ropes. I mean, who, who does that? You know what I'm saying? Who does that? Spe- speaking on the heavyweights, I want to um, give a lot of, I want to give a shout out to a lot of you critics about Anthony Joshua. Y'all need to leave him alone. Anthony Joshua is still one of the most elite heavyweights out there in the game. So what if he lost to Usyk twice? 
Usyk is just on another level than any other boxer, you know. But Anthony Joshua still has the skill set and still has the power to be champion again. So all you critics and haters of Anthony Joshua and my boy Bean here, my cousin Bean is a big fan of Joshua. I want y'all to get off his dick. Leave him alone. Joshua will be back and he will be back stronger than ever. So all you little haters of Anthony Joshua and, and, and Dick Ride, Tyson Fury and all that, go sit y'all ass down. While we're on the subject of Wilder, uh, I apologize because I'm a Wilder fan. This is going to get passionate and go left real quick. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for all y'all saying that, you know, he was done after the Tyson Fury fight and, you know, he looked horrible in the Tyson Fury fight, what's up now? What's up now? Because like, he knocked out Helenus in the first round, coming off his back foot. It wasn't even his full power. It wasn't even his full power. And honestly, you know, y'all keep saying, oh, go back to Tyson Fury. Go back to Tyson Fury. Well, why would he? Tyson Fury should come to him. If he wanted that bad, let Tyson Fury come to him. But nah, we know better than that. I'm going to just keep it at that. We know better than that. But... My main point about Wilder, y'all made such a big deal. Y'all always make big deals over, you know, fight. Like, listen, boxing is an emotional sport as well as physical. This was his brother in the ring. Helenus was his brother. He came, checked on Helenus after the fight. He, he went to his hotel. He checked on him because they're brothers at the end of the day. He felt bad for that man. He felt bad that he caused... Uh, damage to that man and possibly could have caused harm to that man's family. I would have too. I couldn't dream of, you know, punching my brother in the face and and, and taking taking money out of his pocket. Like, if, if st stuff happens, they're boxers at the end of the day. I get it. I understand that. But what I'm trying to say is that Wilder deserves y'all respect. He gave y'all nothing but real game every single time he's in the ring and every single time he's outside of that ring. He's gave he gave y'all real game. And uh, you know, if I had to have my pick on who he fights next, I would honestly love to see him and Andy Ruiz, man. I think that it would make for a great fight. And we all say the styles make fights. Uh, Andy Ruiz in a more recent fight, he slimmed down a lot, slimmed down a lot, and then fighting a big temperature like Wilder, you know, it made for an interesting fight because then you know that the whole style has to change in some type of way. Um, so I would say that I, I would definitely want him to fight Andy Ruiz. It would just give us a different look and a different feel. Um, of uh, of a boxing game right now because like all I keep hearing about Tyson Fury. That's all I keep hearing about. Tyson Fury's next. Well, you know, he's fighting Chisora. Like he's fighting Chisora. So I mean, you know, that's that's pretty much all I gotta say about that. What a what a fight. All right, so since we're on the topic of Ruiz Wilder, uh like Cuzzo said, man, it's definitely uh, a barn burner. You know, seeing these two guys, both PBC fighters, uh, at the same stable with uh, their own style. You know what I'm saying? Wilder's coming. Wilder's not coming to box you. He's coming to take your head off, plain and simple. 
Uh, Ruiz got the hand speed and a good chin. We've seen him go down twice, Ariola and Anthony Joshua. And he, he got back up. Like, you know, his, his recovery is like a light switch. It literally is like, bam, he's right back to his feet. He's not punch drunk and wobbly or nothing. He, he's something special. However, can his chin withstand the power of the right hand of Deontay Wilder? Is what, excuse me. Is what we want to see. You know, that's that's interesting you say that. I mean, because, you know, we've seen him against Joshua. We all know Joshua can hit. You know, he can hit too. He can hit as well. Maybe, I know people have different, like, boxers have different power. I understand that. But, I mean, I don't think it would be too far-fetched to say he may, maybe he can take a while to punch. Maybe. I mean, one thing we know is that he got heart. He definitely got heart. He's, he's definitely displayed that a lot. To my boxing fans, as um, we was talking, as my colleagues was talking about uh, about Wilder, how many of y'all would like to see a heavyweight tournament with eight of the top heavyweights in the division, including Wilder, Ruiz, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, Joe Joyce, Daniel uh, Daniel Dubois, Alexander Usyk? How many would want to see an eight man tournament? to determine the true undisputed king of the heavyweights. And instead of strip, just take the belts away, put all the, have the tournament, and the last two men standing fight for undisputed. That way we can solve all this nonsense and BS about him fighting him, Tyson Fury making contract demands. He's saying this, these mandatory this. Let's just let's just take all four major titles, put them up, and put them up, and have an eight-man tournament with these men. And the last two standing will be the true. The last man standing, excuse me, would be the true undisputed champion. Let's do that. Matter of fact, we should do that in all the weight divisions. Take the top eight guys. In each division, take the belts away so that way we don't have no WBA secondary, WBA regular, WBC franchise, none of that. Take the belts, all four of them in each weight division, and have an eight-man tournament. And the last man standing will be champion. Fight fans, let me know how you guys feel about that. Yeah, like Big Bro was just saying, man. Uh, and, and that would kind of eliminate and kind of go back to what we first kicked off the uh, podcast saying is the best fighting the best. You know what I'm saying? You got Tyson Fury, who has not lost. You have Joe Joyce, who started late and has not lost. Daniel Dubois has one loss. So with Fury more so, I just got to keep it real. I mean, they don't hate the messenger. But it's like with Fury, basically, he's not shown me. He's shown me his skills. We know. To be 6'9", to, to carry your weight 270 and 280 or whatever, he is a freak of nature with what he can do. He's special, too. 
Wilder got the power like no other boxer. He hits harder than any boxer out here. And Fury has the footwork and nimbleness and upper body movement like no other. However, he's claiming that he's the best. So if you're the best, why are you not putting yourself at, when you want to see how good you are? Like if you were doing a quiz in school or a spelling bee, when you want to up your game and say, okay, I want to get some more complicated words to spell because I'm tired of the basic stuff. You see what I'm saying? So Fury, how are you fighting your sword a third time when you got people like Joe Joyce? I'm quite sure Andy Ruiz would have took that fight. Um, Daniel Dubois, you got so many people. I'm pretty sure they're on the sidelines like, man, I want that fight. We don't want to see uh, Derek Chisora 3 versus uh, Tyson Fury because we know the outcome already. We can already predict it, you know what I'm saying? And that's what Mike Tyson was saying on his podcast is there's too many fighters these days to where you pretty much know the outcome. He said you shouldn't be able to sit back and say, this guy on the right is going to be this guy on the left. It should be a situation where you got the two best fighters and you're like, this could go either way. You know, just like Errol Spence and, and, and uh, Terrence Crawford. Uh, this could go either way. And don't sleep, don't sleep on Jerron Bruce Ennis. He's like that dark horse. And he's there, man, on that sideline, him and his dad. And they and they ready to go to war with anybody. And I respect them. And so, and that's what I respect. I respect uh, Jerron Bruce Ennis. I much respect for... Uh, the other guy who will fight anybody. Uh, David, David Benavidez. He's been running that Canelo fight, and I'm tired of Canelo people protecting him, and I'm going to call it uh, a spade a spade. You know, he's claiming that he's the best, and y'all say he's the best. Well, fight Benavidez. What's so hard about fighting him? You can, you can, you can skate around him and, and fight anybody else. You fought Caleb Plant. You know, you fought the, uh, the Rocky Fielding or whatever. Come on, man. On, on the point of um, Canelo Alvarez, which um, to me, he, he, he's a – and I know this, I'll probably offend a lot of Canelo Alvarez fans out there, and I really don't care. But um, Canelo's a fraud to me. When you sit up there and my colleagues over here at TKB Boxing – and we'll call it like it is because we're going to keep it 100 with you guys, the fans and everything. Canelo made statements a while ago saying he wouldn't fight Mexicans. And I'm going to let my colleagues chime in on this after I make this statement. You fought Julio Chavez Jr. And if I'm not mistaken, and my colleagues will agree with me on this, and a lot of you fans will too, wasn't Chavez Jr. Mexican? Ain't he Mexican? Wasn't his father the greatest Mexican fighter to ever live? But Canelo said he don't fight. He's he's we wouldn't fight Mexicans. Bro, you are contradicting yourself. Just like you got mad at Caleb Plant calling you a motherfucker, but you called Boo Boo Andre a motherfucker. And this, goes, and this goes out to Canelo Alvarez because you probably won't listen to our podcast because we're fairly new. Dude, man, stop being scared. Fight that young boy Benavidez and, 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 get, and get that ass whooping that's coming to you. Yeah, and like he was just saying, you know, 
it doesn't make sense for Canelo to say he's not going to fight another Mexican when you done been there and done that. So don't try to all of a sudden flip the script and the narrative of, oh, I don't want to fight another Mexican because I'm a Mexican, we're Mexican brethren. Because some of our most exciting fights are Latino fighters versus another Latino fighter. Just like some of our best fights, whether it was in the, before my time, you had your Muhammad Ali and George Foreman. You had your trilogy with uh, Muhammad Ali and Frazier. So we were boxing beef we didn't have that fight in history. All because, oh, I'm not going to fight another uh, African-American or another black fighter. Come on, man. That's BS. That See, those kind of things are the things that stop the best fighting the best and robs the fans of what they want. Plain and simple. Definitely, definitely, definitely agree uh, with everything that was said. Um, and Canelo with the Benavidez fight, you know, I just don't, just like y'all said, I, I don't have a clue on why you wouldn't want your weight back. I, I don't, I don't have any idea. Cause I'll tell y'all what, if somebody beat me to a pulp, like I seen them get beat, and Canelo, he, he get, I'm sorry, but he gets a lot of praise. If, if somebody beat me like that, I would be on the phone with my promoter the next day and I would be asking for a fight because I know that I'm the best. Yeah, just to recap on that, Cuzzo, I think what you had in mind, and believe it, we're talking so many different boxers, it's easy to uh, to, 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 to say a certain boxer. Yeah, you meant Bevel. I'm sorry, yeah. sorry about that, yeah. Sorry about that job, Bevel. It's the, it's the, it's the same, you know. Um, but I would, be on the, I would be on the phone the next day. I'll be on the phone the very, very next day. But uh, Canelo, my very first interaction seeing Canelo, I remember, was the Floyd fight. I remember him fighting Floyd. I remember seeing a young Canelo on the ring. And, uh, you know, not to, be, not to be that guy, but, you know, I, I didn't see anything that jumped out at me. You know, uh, and Floyd can make a lot of people look like that, but, you know, uh, have, have Canelo's resume been solidified? Have his, have his, uh, legacy been set? What, what, what is y'all thoughts on that? I mean, I, I know what mine is, but what, what's y'all thoughts? Which, which one you, which, which one would you say, my brother? Just like, you know, a lot of people out there are going to argue the fact that, uh, Canelo's resume is is this. In fact, with the fighters that he's fought, I honestly don't. In my opinion, I don't think he deserves the praise that he gets. Oh, I, I, I can tell you right now, his 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 resume is trash. He, he's trash because you cannot y'all claim he's undisputed at one sixty eight. What legitimate champ really? Did he beat at 168? What monster did he beat at 168? He didn't fight David Benavidez. Probably, to me, the best 168 in the world. You didn't beat him. You beat your sparring partner, Avril Yudeman. You beat Caleb Smith, who was probably um, not that good at the time. 
you be a scared killer plant. Okay, but you claim undisputed at 168. But we see what happened when you jumped up the weight and fought a real animal and uh, Dimitri Bivol. He took you to school, schooled you, made you go back down to 168 where you took on one of my favorite boxers, Triple G, who you aged out and still couldn't knock him out. So what that tell you about your skill set? Anyone that opens up their hands on Canelo can beat him. And that man will be David Benavidez. David Benavidez is fast. He's young. He has power in both hands. And he will take Canelo to school. So you Canelo fans who going to say, oh, you just bashing Canelo. Yeah, you right. I am. Because I'm not taking no prisoners uh, on, on this podcast. You know, we're going to keep it 100 on here and let y'all know boxers we feel are not that good and their resumes are not that good. You look at a lot from like from all the weight divisions. Like I said, Canelo has been babied and protected by organizations like the WBC, the zone, you know, he's been protected and he's scared to fight the top-notch dogs. Everyone has called him out. Charlo, Benavidez, Andre, uh, who else we got? Yusek has even called him out at Cruiserweight. He's talking about he want to move up to Cruiserweight to fight Yusek. You'll move even slower if you move up the cruiserweight, you'll be like you'll be like a robot, rocket soccer robot. So if I'm Canelo, you actually just need to stay at 168 and give everybody the fight that they want, and that's David Benavidez. And like I said, I keep it I keep it 100 on here because I, I really don't care about nobody's feelings or their opinion about me or my crew. David Benavidez will give Canelo the business. And I don't want to hear the, the Canelo, the Canelo fan boys and fan girls out there complain once Canelo get whooped this time. Okay? Because again, he went back after the Bibble fight and said, oh no, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to take the rematch. I'm going to fight uh, Triple G. So he fought Triple G. All of a sudden, the last few days on these boxing networks, he's waiting for next weekend between Dimitri Bivol and Gilberto Ramirez. As Ramirez saying, oh, I got to get revenge for my countrymen. Um, for my countrymen, um, Canelo Alvarez. And that takes me back to a point again. And my colleagues here at TKB Boxing will agree. Canelo said he, he won't fight another Mexican. My brothers, again, is Gilberto Ramirez Mexican? So if he beats Bivol, you'll be fighting him, right? My brothers here, am I right or wrong? For sure, for sure. So again, Canelo is the biggest hypocrite in boxing. Take it or leave it. And man, to wrap up the, the Canelo topic, man, uh, I, I want to push this uh, in a different direction. Um, 
And I'm asking you guys your thoughts, uh, my TKB colleagues. And we would also like to hear back from the TKB community as well. But, man, Shakur Stevenson, he got smoke coming from everywhere. He got smoke coming from everywhere right now. Some people saying it's Tank. Some people saying Devin Haney is the is a child, uh, you know, maybe in the future. Where does Shakur go from here? Because we know he's moving up in weight. As my brother Kendall said about Shakur Stevenson, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give my take on that. A new animal has been emerged, a new species. It's Shakur Stevenson. He's moved up to 135. Nobody wants that smoke. I don't care if it's Lomachenko, y'all, y'all, last great white hope, Tank, Devin Haney, anybody else at 135. Shakur is on a takeover mission. And I promise you, and you heard it today, October 27th, if he stays at 135 within a year, within two years, he will be undisputed at 135. No one at 135 can beat him. I know Tank is, is special. I like Tank Davis. Don't get it twisted. That's my cat too. But Shakur Stevenson is, is, is another animal, another beast. Like, when he was down at 130, everybody avoided him. Like, he could have been undisputed at 130. But like I said, he missed weight, lost out on the belts, still took Robinson Conceal to school. The same guy that lost to a drug-infested Oscar Valdez, you know, Valdez, stop cheating, brother. You know what I'm saying? You know, because there's a there's rumors that you're going to take on another dog from one at 126 named uh Navarrete. If I'm you, if I'm you, Valdez. Stay away from that, my guy. Stay away from Navarrete because he is another animal too. Because if you thought that Shakur Stevenson put it on you, Navarrete going to do the same thing. But back to, again, to Shakur Stevenson. Everybody, like my brother Kendall said, everybody want to get this man smoke. You want to talk about it. Like Lomachenko in case. I mean, of, uh, in instance. You said Tank is not a good, um, what did he say, Tank wasn't, Tank wasn't a good, Tank didn't fight nobody, legit. And he was also saying something like, you know, hey, we know what happened in the amateurs. We know what happened in the amateurs, you know, you were out of shape, you were fat, I knocked you out. Now, he also said that too, as well, definitely in an article uh, on Twitter. He actually called Tank out on Twitter, mm -hmm. and they were in the back and forth. Uh, spectacle on there. Was that Shakur and that Shakur and Tank? Yeah, yeah, it was Shakur and Tank. And also, there's there's video also that Haney and Shakur sparred, and and Shakur took it to Haney. I mean, he put it on Haney. There's a video out there too. Haney can deny it if he wants to, but everybody know Shakur is is the cream of the crop. He's young, he's hungry, and when he wants to turn it up. He can turn it up. That's why when Lomachenko said, hey, you know, Haney, I want to fight Haney. You know, take this good. Oh, Shakur, I, 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 um, I'm spoiled with Shakur. Shakur, good. 
but did you mention about fighting him? No. That shows the respect. Lomachenko know he can't beat Shakur. He's scared of Shakur because Shakur called Lomachenko out when Lomachenko was at 130 and Shakur was at 126. Am I right or wrong? Oh, yeah. Am I right or wrong on that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and um, I'm not going to say a whole lot about Shakur because I can't outdo what Tom just said just now. He just, he pretty much covered every level. But what I will say about Shakur, he's he's definitely something special. He has a very close bond with uh, not only Errol Spence, but with uh, Bud Crawford. And who better to have uh, as a close brother than Bud Crawford? That, that'll be good for him, somebody he can get tips from, this, that, and the other. Another thing about Shakur we saw is a couple of fights ago when he fought Herring. And, uh, man, he just, he just showed, like, how he can turn up those gears, man. He can, he's just so crafty, he's so witty. He just got all the great makers of a great fighter. I mean, don't get me wrong, Henry has some strong points, but he's not, to me, he's not Shakur. He's not, he's not Stevenson. He, he's, he's good, he's skilled, but he's not Shakur Stevenson. There's only one. And, and, and in the boxing, it's those special people, man. There's just something about them. You know, you had your Muhammad Ali. You had your Floyd Mayweather. You had your Penelope Whitaker. And now you got your Shakur Stevenson in this day and time. As I, as I look back on, on the, a lot of these, I've seen a lot of these young kids today, the Tank Davises, the Devin Haney's, the Shakur Stevenson's, growing up as kids and the amateurs and, you know, fighting each other, you know, um, and the Golden Gloves, the, the Golden Gloves National, you know, Olympic trials and all types of stuff. One thing that separates Shakur from Tank and Haney is that his mindset out here is like, is, is and his ring IQ is impeccable. Devin Haney, uh, don't get me wrong, Devin Haney, is he's undisputed. He wouldn't be undisputed if he couldn't box. Tank wouldn't be what he had if he couldn't box. But Shakur, to me, and, and I'll, you know, my colleagues can join, can chime in, Shakur reminds me of a, a young, I wouldn't even say Floyd Mayweather. I would go back and say, his skill set, skill set, is a young Sugar Ray Robinson, or someone, uh, or someone like a young Thomas Hearns or Marvin Hagler. His skill set, his defense is impeccable. His counters, his jab, is a problem. He can bully you if he needs to. He can finesse you if he needs to, and. Now, one, the 135 division is on notice now. And as, as my, my brothers over at TKB uh, Boxing know, nobody has stepped up to the plate to fight Shakur. Nobody. Everybody's getting ready to run to 140. That, stop being, y'all 135 monsters? Stop being cowards. Y'all so-called monsters. Stop being cowards. Fight the boy. And, um, and what I'm saying right here, don't please don't take it personal. 
Shout out Cincinnati hometown. AB, you know, you done your thing. Um, they were kind of, at one point we thought AB was going to be like that, that Floyd Mayweather. I know he was very, um, intrigued by Floyd growing up and watching his, uh, you know, watching his uh, fights and things like that. But even A.B. said itself, eventually, I had to find myself and focus on the fact that I'm not Floyd, that I am, that I'm a, I'm A.B., I'm my own man. And now he just signed with, um, the same people Tony just said that uh, Crawford signed with, uh, I think it was B.O.K. or something. Uh, so that could be a rebirth for him. But um, I brought that up to kind of go back to Shakur I think where A.B., that lane he was heading for like that, people comparing him to Floyd, I think that actually Shakur is going to be more on that level just because he's had more experience. I mean, I didn't know a lot about A.B. Uh, until he spoke on a lot of things that there's a lot he didn't get to do in boxing. And for him to... uh to not have some of those, you know what I'm saying, like you're going to high school and then you're going to college. It's like A.B. went to college and kind of bypassed high school. So some of that stuff, you know, some of the the fundamentals and ring IQ, he was missing something. It was just it was something there. And Kendall, you might be because he's more in your uh, age bracket. He's a beast, and I'll do respect that he's done his thing, and what he's done, nobody else has done. Uh, and all, all those different weight classes when it comes to uh, Adrian Broner. Man, I would say about something about AB, man, just piggybacking off of what you said, he, he his trajectory was as high as he ever could have took it. I mean, he could have took it to the top, but again, outside of ring, outside of ring problems became his man's downfall. Um, you know, Adrian, the problem boner. That's, you know, unfortunately, that's exactly what he was. And, you know, shouting out Cincinnati again, we, you know, we, we support our own, you know, but, you know, just, just perfecting your craft, especially in the sport of boxing, you want to go in every single day and give your heart to this because you love it. You know what I mean? Um, and it was a story, I don't know if y'all remember this, but when he was in the club with Lil Wayne, you know, Lil Wayne came up to A.B. And he asked him, like, hey, what are you doing here? A.B. is like, man, I'm, you know, I'm chilling. He's like, no, 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 what are you doing here? He's like, what do you mean? Like, no, you should be in a gym somewhere. That's where you should be. Like, I'm getting paid to be here. You know what I mean? And... Kobe said it best. Kobe said it best. Well, actually, Lil Wayne said it best. Coincidentally. Be good or be good at it. Be good or be good at it. Because you can be good, but you're not great. And and that's exactly what Broner was. He, you know, we evolved. No the outcome of the, uh, the Broner and Maydonna. He was never the same after that. Yeah, yeah. Speaking, yeah, speaking on that also about Adrian Broner, um, AB, you know, as he as he as he say on God and them, I love that term. Um, 
you he now has a chance to resurrect his boxing career. You know, I've always been told um, to be humble in life. Appreciate things and be grateful for things that are given to you. Out there to Adrian Broner, like I said, you, you guys probably won't, you know, see our podcast because we're fairly new. But once we get up there, we're going to, you guys will notice who we are. But Adrian Broner, you have a second chance in life now. Bruh, you have to throw away all the bullshit that you've done in the past. And you need to focus on your career, your family, your livelihood. You know, if you want to get back to greatness, because you're not getting no younger. You're almost 34 years old. You know, you call yourself the OG of boxing. Okay. OGs that box for years and know the game don't do the silly stuff that you do, man. You know what I'm saying? You just, we know you from the streets. We knew you, you grew up in the ghetto, downtown, whatever. But everybody, some people don't, don't always live in the ghetto for their whole life. A lot of people want to get out the ghetto. That's their goal. Boxing was your goal to get out the ghetto. You were good damn good but you had the wrong people around you influence you that's why here at tkb i'm surrounded with good family and that's why we're going to succeed because we stay humble but we also keep it 100 with you guys you know and um you know i'm i'm, I'm going to sign off here because i have to get ready to go home and leave but my brothers here will continue the podcast or you know they'll continue the podcast you know reach out to you guys and everything but again like I'm saying be humble in life you know what always be grateful for what you've done never you know underestimate people never you know dog out people that's less unfortunate less fortunate you less fortunate than you because that can end up being you one day. So again, um, this is uh, Big Tone from uh, TKB and I'm signing out. Take over, brothers. Hey, uh, before before you go, I know the fans would definitely want to hear this take from you if you just got a few a few more minutes. Um, we have to address the elephant in the room before we wrap up the show. And uh, that's UK superstar Connor Bean. Connor Bean, man, uh, he admittedly uh, failed two drug tests uh, to, for his upcoming fight against Chris Eubanks Jr. What is your thoughts on that? Conor Ben needs to come clean and just tell the world, I, I'm a cheat. Do you, bro, you, you sit up here and you say that you're, you're a clean athlete and that your sample may, was contaminated. It may have been. I wouldn't, I, I, you know, I, it may have been, but now, it's serious doubts now that it has been if you had another positive test come out. So, with Connor Ben, he just needs to admit, hey, I cheated. I cheated the fans. Apologize to the boxing world and just take your punishment. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just like, like Big Baby Miller, you know. He tried to say he was clean, but we all know you got caught three consecutive times for the same 
um, performance-enhancing drug. And you know what I'm saying? He took and he took it on the chin. He took his suspension, and he came back. Connor Ben is young. He's a great talent, but you have to not, you have to grow up as a man now and admit your faults. You just can't keep saying you're innocent. Drug, to, even if it was contaminated or not, nobody's going to lie about a drug test because if you had your representatives there to see them take your samples and you seen them do it, there's no way that they could have contaminated your stuff. So that, Brother Kendall, that, that topic is, is like, it's really not a big, I'm really not really concerned about it because I'm not really a big Conor Ben fan. I like Chris Eubank more than Conor Ben because I was a big, because I was a big uh, Chris Eubank Sr. fan because he was a great boxer, but I'm not really a Conor Ben fan. I'm more a Chris Eubank fan, and I feel more for him because he was ready to go. You know, he made concessions for you for the fight, but, you know, if you knew and you know, if you knew about this, and, and, and just not knowing about it, I'm also going to place the blame on Eddie Hearn because Eddie Hearn tried to hide it and wanted the fight to go on. You know what I'm saying? That shows you how how shady shit with Eddie Hearn is. So my my topic about that as as I leave is that I, I I'm really not I'm not I really don't care about what they give Conor Ben if they suspend him for two years, four years, or or, or a lifetime ban. You put this on yourself. You nobody else nobody forced you to take that supplement or whatever it was. Your hormone, whatever thing was, nobody forced you to do that. You did that on your own. You pay the, uh, you know, you pay the price. As they always say, you reap what you sow, brother. A hundred, hundred percent. And, you know, uh, I think the fans also want to know, you know, since this had happened in the UK, the more obvious question is that, is it a possible, uh, is it a possible future for him in the U.S.? They talked. They talked about that, and I and I leave it to I let Gene uh, finish out for me. They talked about that about him going to fight in different countries because he can probably get licensed somewhere different. But if he if he did that, it would make him look like even bigger of a fool. It make him look even more uh, even more guilty. So I would just say, and he even said it today on Boxing News. 24. He even said if he fought in another country, he, he he couldn't do it because it would it, he would lose a ton of fans, and you know he would do that. But my thing was just like this: I would have took it over to the United States anyway. They could have made big money. They, there was plenty of venues they could have fought him here: Barclays, in Madison Square Garden, Las Vegas, L.A., Houston, San Antonio, uh, Detroit. Um, Chicago, a lot of big cities they could have fought in, a lot of arenas they could have fought in, and they would have got a lot of fans. There's, 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 there's British fans over here that live in America. You know what I'm saying? You see what Tyson Fury fought in Las Vegas? He had a ton of British fans there. So there are British fans here in America. But again, like I said, we're kind of being. You reap what you sow, my man. You got to take the, hey, hey, you're a grown man. Hey, you hey, they always they always say this. 
you do the crime, you do the time. Yes, sir. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, it's one word, and it's plain and simple. Accountability. You know what I'm saying? You just got to fess up and keep it real because at the end of the day, if you do go outside of UK, whether it's US or anywhere else in this world, it, it makes it look shady like, okay, you obviously did something. That's to why you're, you know what I'm saying, going around trying to beat around the bush. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Big Baby Miller, he sat it out. He didn't go seek refuge in a different part of the world. You know, he just took his took it like a man. And now he's back, you know. You get a second chance, but don't blow it. Because I think this, if he gets caught again, they need to go ahead and kick Big Baby Miller out for life. Oh, yeah. You know, it shouldn't yeah. be no coming back. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I thought I, I, I ain't about to leave, though, but one <laughs> more thing. Yeah, uh, if it, it's like, to me, any boxer that cheats, any athlete that cheats should be banned from life from the sport, especially if you get caught. I say if you get caught once, I say maybe a year banned. If you get caught twice, lifetime banned. No, or or five-year banned. Because if you get banned five years, there's no coming back to the sport. It's over with, especially in boxing. There's no way you're going to be able to box after five years. You can forget it. But three, oh, lifetime banned. There's no way you should be able to ever box again or get a license anywhere in the motherfucking world. Anywhere. So with Conor being... Just fess up, and I say give him a year. I say six months to a year ban. You know, have him do random drug testing, and then take it from there. But if he still uh, portrays innocence, which is it's not looking good for him because he has two positive drug tests, I guess you. I like I said, I don't know how. How the UK does their drug testing over here in America, we do it different than they do it over there in the UK. So, again, we'll see. We'll see how this one plays out. All right, my fight fans. Again, I should be I should be gone, but my brothers got me on these topics. Um, this time I'm leaving. You guys have a great night, and thank you. Yeah. So we had a good podcast tonight. We really appreciate. Uh, Big Bro being here tonight uh, is definitely lit, and we can't wait to share this with uh, everyone in the world. You know what I'm saying? From uh, this side of, of of North America all the way to Africa, Antarctica, Siberia, wherever. Uh, you know, the, the smallest islands and places we never heard of. Uh, if y'all tune in to TKB, uh, hopefully you like what you're hearing. And you give us some positive feedback because we're going to be coming hotter every week. We're going to be dropping some some gems for all of you guys. Uh, back to Connor Ben, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, man, you know, just just take your punishment so you can roll on, you know. Because otherwise, uh, it just it's just hurting the sport, and you don't want to cripple the sport any more than. Than it's already had. I think uh, Regis Progray said it leaves a black eye on the sport, and he's right. For sure, for sure, man. And, uh, you know, that wraps up another weekly episode. Uh, episode, man, of TKB Boxing, man. And, and, and like they said, man, definitely appreciate y'all, you know, for the love, support. Romania, we see y'all, uh, France. We see y'all, uh, Netherlands. What's up? 
Chicago, Detroit, San Jose, and Belgium. Hey, we see y'all, man, and uh, we definitely thank y'all for y'all support. Keep coming back, and uh, we're going to keep dropping these bangers for y'all, man. We're going to keep doing it, and uh, pretty soon we will have a link to our uh, Instagram business page. Uh, we will have a Facebook page, so keep on out, look out for that. But again, we thank y'all, love y'all, have a good night, and keep fighting.